Gosh, Billy, that cough sounds terrible. I know, Mrs. D. <laughs> and I've got a fever of 101, too. You need to stay home from school today, Billy. But Mrs. D, I got a science test today. Science can wait, and your teacher can go to hell. <gasps> Whoa, it's Todd A. Davis. Hi, kids. Remember, viruses, even a common cold, can be a weapon. And weapons are not to be played with without adult supervision. Thanks, Todd A. Davis. My pleasure. Somebody get me a beer. Start the show! Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is rod. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Engage. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beat me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. Back since her cameo appearance last week for the first time since our introductions episode, you know her from the end credits of this very podcast. She is my other, much better, smarter, and prettier half. The one, the only, my one and only, Mrs. Cat Davis! Yay! Cat Davis, yay! Hey, everybody. Hi, how are you? I did a Gary Horn right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all the times he's been on the show, he has yet to say, well, hello. Well, hello. He hasn't done his traditional sign-on. Oh, Gary, come on. I guess he's not going to respond. So. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so you've not been like hardcore keeping up with Enterprise. I know Enterprise has been a bit of a struggle for you in terms yeah. of your enjoyment level. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite of the Star Trek. And really, this is my first watch of it. I mm. probably watched about 80% of the episodes. I watch it when you have it on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until Dear Doctor that I was like, okay, this is actually getting to be something a little bit, you know, that I can watch and has some ethical conversations, some interesting topics that we can discuss. Yeah. I think this one does too. You kind of try to spread those out. I mean, this is back when television, you know, mandatory 20, 22, 24 or more episodes in a season. Right. Now we're used to the streaming platforms where it's maybe 10, 12, maybe 13 episodes in a season. So this is back when they were having to crank out a, a lot. lot. Yeah. And some scripts are going to be better than others. <laughs> And you don't want all of those to clump together. You kind of want to spread it out a little bit to keep people engaged, but also get through that season and satisfy your advertisers as well. Because, yeah. I mean, this was on network TV as opposed to, again, a streaming service or something like that. Yeah. And I think every series probably has its beginning, like, trying to find itself. Yeah. So this absolutely had it. And, of course, the theme music doesn't help. <laughs> and uh the reoccurring you know, the reoccurring motif of our show so far listeners i'm i think that you should be very grateful that you don't live with mr todd a davis because he <laughs> likes to get that 
faith of the heart song in your head all day long. It is one of my favorite things. It's the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> Last week's episode, and for anybody who this might be your first episode of our podcast listening. Welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> and I highly suggest you go back and get last week's episode where we covered Dear Doctor. Definitely watch that episode of Enterprise because, man, it gets deep. And yeah. we had a lot of fun discussing it, you, me, and Gary Horn. Yeah. Um, and I really think we could have probably talked about it for double the time we did. Probably. <laughs> um, it's just very controversial. It's just mm-hmm. easy to have that conversation of what's right and what's wrong. It's very dense. It's In- a very dense episode. Yeah, and it's so gray. But they make so many errors in this episode that it's like, you didn't learn shit from Dear Doctor. And it just happened. Like, why can't you learn as you're going? Yeah. yeah. Captain Archer, hello. <laughs> it does seem to be a little bit one-sided where they make good decisions in one episode and then the very next episode, they're back to square one. So you would hope that the episodic nature of the structure of these scripts were a little more cohesive with each other. But I think I've mentioned it on episodes of this show so far. This series was produced in a time before serialized episodes became a fashionable thing. You know, this was kind of just pre-Lost, where the serialized form of storytelling became popular again. Okay. So this kind of suffers from, it is episodic, but as we go on, you get more two, three, and even sometimes four episode chunks of a storyline. And that could be to the show's benefit. It could be to its detriment. It seems like because it was caught in the middle, it wasn't fully one or the other. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, before we uh, get into more details, let's go ahead and get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Wednesday on an all-new Enterprise. Your ship will be destroyed. Remind me to stop trying to help people. The crew discovers the Klingons' dirty little secrets. Oh, it certainly feels nice to be clean again. An all-new Enterprise. After Enterprise drops out of warp near a gas giant... And so on. The crew detects an unexpected power signature and biosigns in its lower atmosphere. Paul, Reed, and Hoshi take a space bus to investigate and discover a Klingon ship being crushed like a Coke can. On board, Paul finds three dying Klingons on the bridge, and further scans detect residual elements of a carbon dioxide-based neurotoxin. And so on. Buka, a surviving Klingon crew member, escapes in the away team's space bus. Enterprise snags it, but not before she sends a distress signal. Then they attempt to rescue the away team, but they're... Under pressure! Meanwhile... Hoshi finds the captain's log, which states that the ship was damaged in a skirmish with the Zorantine, and that the Klingon captain ordered his ship into the gas giant's atmosphere to effect repairs. And so on. Hoshi also locates the port fusion injector on the schematic, and the away team make their way to engineering to attempt repairs. Now there's your problem. In sickbay, Archer talks to Buka. Doc Flox learns that the toxin was bonded to a molecule in Xerentine Ale, which Buka confirms was part of their spoils. Archer's all, come on! And Buka's like, all right, 
On the Klingon ship, Reed uses shockwaves from photon torpedoes to raise the ship and lower the hull pressure, allowing Archer and Buka in a super space bus to reach them. Archer tells Buka, Look, we'll let you go, but we gotta make sure your ship's good and stuff. So when he gets back to Enterprise, the now-awake captain's like, You helped us! How dare you! Archer's all, uh, Don't write a check your forehead can't cash. Did I hit all the points? Yeah, I think that was a great recap. Okay, thanks. Um, I'd love to know how many of your listeners, when they realized it was a Klingon vessel, thought we should get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they've already had some interaction with the Klingons so far in the series. I mean, I know we're only halfway point of season one, but I mean, we had interactions with them in the pilot episode. And I think we've interacted with them one more time before this episode. And I'm drawing a blank on when. Archer's supposed to have like a pretty good rep with the Klingon Empire because he helped uh, those folks in the pilot back in Broken Bow. But they're just not feeling him. They're, they are not digging the cut of his jib. Yeah. It's just like as soon as we saw like hunched over Klingons on the bridge, I was like, oh, we need to go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to go. And then they're just like moseying around, taking a peek at things. And I'm like, what if they wake up? Like, get out of there. Yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> granted you're armed with phase pistols, which is fine. Okay. But, but you're going against a dozen Klingon warriors. But we just saw that Hoshi can't really fire them or isn't a very good shot at them. And yep. she's now on the away mission, which eh, was not such a good idea too. But I guess she's the interpreter who can't read Klingon. It's like, <laughs> you're just checking all the boxes, girly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of perplexed by the, by the away team themselves. Like, Okay, so you come up on a ship that's stuck in low orbit atmosphere and is slowly being crushed. You hail them, you're not getting any responses, and you detect some bio signs. So you send over your armorer, <laughs> your science officer, yeah. and your, in this case, halfway decent linguist. If their ship is stuck, why are you not sending your engineer? engineer. If there's hurt people, why are you not sending your doctor? Yep. That just doesn't really seem to make sense to me. Well, and especially now that you have someone who is sick going on the away mission, like the doctor should also be there. But also listen to your doctor and, you know, maybe not go. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah, Not exactly. a good idea. You need your rest. Don't go infecting your coworkers. Yeah. You know, and God forbid, like maybe they're not Klingons. Maybe they're actually decent, you know, aliens. And maybe. But what if they can't stand, you know, whatever virus you're bringing them and they could, it could be fatal to them. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that I was can't... just, that was my theme the entire episode. What are you doing? <laughs> like, stop it. No. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. <laughs> um, I wonder if T'Pol's the Vulcan liaison. Mm -hmm. Like humans are still new to this neighborhood and... To send your Vulcan science officers, probably a good move just because odds are different alien species are more familiar with a Vulcan than they are human. Although we look very similar, save for our haircuts and ears. Um, <laughs> this just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you um, in terms of things that are presented in this episode, Hoshi and T'Pol end up going through the galley. The kitchen. 
oh, when he needed water. Yeah. Because when... he's dehydrated and shouldn't be on the mission. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so they end up in the galley <laughs> and we see for the first time in the franchise what Klingons eat. And yeah. it's usually something that is still or was very recently alive. Right. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You know me, I'm not a super adventurous. <laughs> I can tell you that you're the catalyst for me branching out into brand new foods. Yeah, I mean, I I guess earlier you, you on in our me. relationship, I yeah, I introduced you to sushi. Yeah. And you didn't listen to me. No. <laughs> I, I should have known from way back then you weren't going to listen to me. <laughs> like, that was early. <laughs> that was really early mm. in our relationship. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, though I said, you know, start with a California roll and move on up from there or a Philadelphia roll. And you went straight into like a, a chef special. Yeah. Where like, the chef chooses and all yeah. that. Yeah. And they said And it was something... mostly uh, nigiri, I think it yeah, was. And yeah. I was like, ooh, he's not going to like this. Yeah. I couldn't oh, hack it. I couldn't hack this it. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> it was funny, but it was also kind of like. He's not going to ever want to see me again. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm introducing him to something. It's like, who the freak am I dating? Like, what is this? Like, no, just listen to me and you'll enjoy yourself. So, sushi, but that's not really that. We've done a little bit of traveling. I think probably our farthest trek has. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, our furthest journey was probably our honeymoon. Where Hawaii. We, where we went to Hawaii, yes. Okay, so yeah, there was some interesting foods there that we'd never tried before. Mm -hmm. Was it poi? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's poi. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a really bland, runny mashed potatoes, but it's supposed to enhance the food that you eat it with. Yeah. But I think they actually had... I hope your memory's correct on that. <laughs> I think I think so. <laughs> no the... offense to any Hawaiians. <laughs> yes, please. Any of our uh, Polynesian uh, listeners, if I'm getting this wrong, please <laughs> send all of your complaints to at Justin underscore Bishop. Um, he'll be more than happy to field those. But yeah, we, we had poi. It was the first time we had tried barbecued pork that had been cooked in a pit like yeah. in it like in the ground yeah. because they do it traditional the we traditional way drank coconut milk right out of a coconut yeah yeah that was surprisingly good yeah and the pineapple is just better oh everything's better yeah <laughs> i mean you're in hawaii you're, you're like right. <laughs> it's paradise yes so. here's here's uh todd's travel tips <laughs> if you find yourself <laughs> In a, if you, <laughs> if you find yourself in a bar or restaurant in a place where a certain particular cocktail, the establishment prides themselves on it, all you have to do is doubt them and, <laughs> and make that known to the bartender and they will usually give you one for free. So it was Mai Tais yep. and they all claimed they had the best Mai Tai. I don't know. I was just at another bar at the street and they said they had the best Mai Tais. See, I thought you were going to tell the audience about not bringing alcohol. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Todd's travel <laughs> tips number two. Uh, when in a tropical climate, <laughs> it's probably not a good idea to drink heavy amounts of liquor. <laughs> not just beer, liquor. <laughs> because one of our photos that we took 
we went on a tour at the Polynesian Cultural Center. Which is no non-alcoholic, by the way. So mm-hmm. he snuck in the alcohol. Yeah, it's run by BYU, which is all Mormon. And so, yeah, no alcohol on the premises. So I had a backpack with probably a fifth of Malibu <laughs> rum in my backpack. And every drink, anytime a drink was handed to us, I would open up my backpack. My drink would disappear into the backpack for a few minutes <laughs> and come back out a little bit fuller than it was. And uh, after about half the day. His face is flushed. Yes, I was sweating Dripping bullets. Dripping sweat. Ugh, and I looked miserable. He looked awful. <laughs> but, it's like, are you going to pass out? But I was having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Uh, we just came back from Ohio visiting some family up there. Both of us ate way too much fried dough. Yeah. Regrettable. <laughs> Where all did we go? You made a lot of it at home, but we did go, you did actually venture to uh, the Amish market for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was an experience for you. Describe their baked goods. Amazing. Yeah. So donuts the size of your head. Oh yeah. They're <laughs> looking at their standard glazed donut. It's roughly the size of a go-kart tire. <laughs> Is that is that fair? Isn't it called the tire? You call you brought it home and called it the tire. Well, yeah, I called it the tire when I brought it back, and Grandma got a kick out of that. <laughs> um, they go and they they see a plate of gach on the Klingon vessel, which is basically worms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they find uh, some alien puppies that they were gonna eat. Is that uh, puppies or I was thinking they were more like pigs. I think they're somewhere between a dog and a pig, yeah. I don't know why I find a pig okay and not a dog. Um, (laughs) Because pigs are really cute, too. Well, we have a dog. Well, we do have a dog, but I would totally have a pig. (laughs) I would totally have a little baby pig. You would have a pig or a husband. (laughs) Oh, don't even. Oh, my God. You know I've been wanting a farm. That's true. Well, uh... Do you have any other thoughts about this episode? Yeah. I know you made some notes. I saw you click clacking away on your phone while, well, we were, while we were watching the episode. Yeah, and you know that like I have a little bit of memory problem. So when I'm watching this stuff, I have to write down practically everything. Sure. We talked about um, not going to work sick. But the other thing that happened in this episode that was more similar to Dear Doctor was that the Klingons were poisoned in a way. Mm-hmm. And once again, Captain Archer asks Dr. Phlox to figure out a cure. And he does. Oh, yeah. And now we're okay with giving like half a dozen Klingons that cure to save them. But we aren't okay in the previous episode with giving a cure to an entire species. Okay, so let's let's hit pause here. <laughs> And let's sort of recap. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you need to go listen to last week's episode. Yes, you need to listen to last week's episode plus season one, episode nine, Civilization, where there's a completely pre-warp civilization that is having their water supply poisoned. Dear Doctor, they are a species that has reached the end of their evolutionary process so their so their so genetics we think. right so we think their genetic pool is starting to break down right. as a step of their natural evolution 
And then we have this episode where we have Klingons fully warp capable. Right. That have ingested accidentally. A beer. A, yeah, yeah, some sort of ale that has some toxin in it that, you know, basically puts the whole crew under. In Civilization, Archer whips up a batch of cure-all for them and the town is saved. Okay. In Sleeping Dogs, we cure the entire crew of what ails them and get their ship out of trouble. Yep. But in Dear Doctor, we don't save... We don't save an entire an race. An entire race who's coming to the end of their genetic timeline. Right. Again, we could have stopped that from happening by giving them the cure. So in this instance where the Prime Directive doesn't exist. Right. Yet. Right. You're okay with giving every race that you come across the cure for what ails them. Well, if it's available, if it's available to us, it should be available to them. I guess part of my thought again was what mm-hmm. are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you literally just last episode, I'm assuming a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. in their adventures across space and time, space, time? This isn't Doctor Who. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you just found a cure and then didn't give it to them. Like why are you even asking Dr. Flox at this point? For cures. And especially, like, you know the Klingon race. Like, you're you're talking about it in terms of how to properly communicate with them, where they're going to find strength in you mm-hmm. as, the, as the captain. Where they will have faith of the heart. Sure. <laughs> sure. <sighs> Every day. Every day. But, I mean, it's Klingons. You know they're going to attack you. You know, they, they, she says... She's do like, they Do they know that? Yes. Though? Yes, we do. Because, you know, she even says it's it's a... You're going to save them and it's going to be dishonorable. She she abandoned the ship. She's dishonorable. Everyone they meet is a potential enemy. So death before dishonor. Sure. So for the glory of our... <laughs> <laughs> you I really... I can't do it. You really got into it there for a no, second. No, I was doing the potato people from Dr. Who. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What okay. is it? What is it for the glory of our... The Santarans? Yeah. <laughs> so here's something to consider. With those three groups, the pre-warp, yeah. the cusp of uh, genetic, genetic failure, and the Klingons. Yeah. The first group, pre-warp, and the Klingons, they are in physical need due to circumstances beyond their control. Right. So Enterprise brought them back because of some outside force. Okay. Now, granted, the Klingons kind of did it to themselves. Mm -hmm. But again, something that they didn't foresee. Mm -hmm. Versus this civilization, this race that has reached its evolutionary peak and is on its decline. So you're talking about saving people who couldn't save themselves. Right. Versus the end of the road. But, I mean, Klingons, it's not the end of Klingons. It's like six of them. Uh, wow. It was like a ship full, so yeah. I thought it was, like, a, I thought it was just like a, maybe a dozen, maybe. Yeah, but... I think like 10 to 12. Okay. I think there were 10 it wasn't 12 a big ship. ship. Yeah, it's not big ship, but it's yeah. fully crewed. And I'm not saying you should just let them die. I just feel like it's contradictory. But I just you... feel like it's, it's like you, like I said, literally the last episode, literally whatever few weeks ago. Why didn't you learn from this? You know? <laughs> yeah. 
And why don't we have that conversation again? Mm. You know, wait a minute. You didn't you you didn't want to give the cure here. Why are you giving them the cure? You know, why are you helping them? So you, are you helping them just because of your crew members down there? But I think you can get your crew members back. So you disagree with the evolutionary end of one life cycle? Yeah. Don't give up on the merit. What would you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. I think about how many species we've lost on this planet. Okay. You know, the dodo bird and many, many other things, right? But I, from our generation and what they taught us in school, like that was always the big one. Right, right. <laughs> and I know there's been many since, unfortunately. But, you know, we try to save that. We try to stop that from happening. Aren't they usually going extinct because of something we did, though? Well, yes. They're going extinct because we didn't give the cure. They would have gone extinct anyway. But we have the cure. But for Enterprise. <laughs> but for Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, so lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known, Todd A. Davis is not an attorney. Okay, but that's, well, that's that's an interesting discussion and it's an interesting position to take. Like I said, I just feel Basically like Basically opposing, all... opposing yeah. the natural life cycle. Yeah. Whether or not the race is ready for it. Whether or not your own laws are okay with it, it's always save the life, protect the life. Right. Okay. I mean, you know, again, like I said, we're, I just feel like it's, you know, they were nice people. You know, I know they had, we had this issue with this other. Uh, the mink? The mink. Yeah. That was complicated and I don't know how to, I feel like the mink could. Because could... you know that's what I was about to bring up next. Right, right. <laughs> Rise above without getting rid of the other species. Yeah. Um. In a way, I know it might, I don't know. It's just, it's all these hypotheticals. It's all these assumptions that we're making. And, and I know that even in this episode, cure or no cure, you're, you're talking not the entire Klingon race. So I don't really want to go back to Dear Doctor and talk about all of that stuff. But I just found it very interesting that we felt like we're doing the whole thing all over again. Yeah. I know it's not the exact same, but it felt like it was. I mean, we've got. Over 50 years worth of Star Trek to cover. I think we're probably going to overlap. All the time. We're yes, probably going to overlap a couple of issues. So, <laughs> but this was another one where I was like, hmm, you'll give the your cure to the Klingons, but not to these this other race. And then uh, Reed, who takes off his helmet the first to test everything. And then somehow they're all out of their suits. Yeah. And just in their pajamas. Yep. And I know that's so much more comfortable. But what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, this is my whole theme this entire episode. Put your suit back on. <laughs> your hull is like it's being crushed. You Oh yeah. And then Archer shows up, doesn't even have a suit. Yeah. You're the captain. You're supposed to be setting an example yeah. to your people. <laughs> Put your helmet on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, it makes me think of the crew. I become everyone's mom at right. this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me think of the crew of the Prometheus, mm-hmm. where they're on a completely alien world. Now, granted, they're by themselves and they don't suspect hostile alien life forms or anything. But as soon as they're like, oh, hey, the air's breathable over here. Everybody pop your tops. Like, what yeah. the hell are you doing? This Stop that. Stupid. That's a what? That is such a dumb thing to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting position that you've taken, and I'm sure we'll revisit it again. Like I said, it's not an easy position to take. True, but you're gonna pick a side, pick a side, right? And another shout out of one part of the show that I actually didn't have the thought of what 
are you doing? I really liked that scene with DePaul and Hoshi where Hoshi is having a little bit of anxiety, which uh, of course you are. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Honey, feel your feelings. (laughs) Don't bury your feelings. Feel your feelings. But I love the way she was like controlling the waves and, you know, touching her hands and doing the meditation. So audience, feel your feelings and then move on. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So let's get into a couple of details behind the scenes regarding some folks involved in this particular episode. Now, normally we start with the writer and move on to the director and the guest stars, but we're going to do it in reverse order this week. Guest starring in this episode is Michelle C. Bonilla as Buka. She's got some acting credits. Seinfeld, The Pretender. Did you ever watch The Pretender? I did. There are pretenders among us, geniuses with the ability to become anyone they want to be. In 1963, a corporation known as the Center isolated a young pretender named Jared and exploited his genius for their research. Then one day, their pretender ran away. Great show. That was an awesome show. I love that. Oh, if if you've never seen The Pretender, go check it out. Late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, oh, it, it's I'm just I'm it's I'm not gonna the explanation I oh give boy, here, here is go. not gonna, gonna do it. We're justice. gonna create a whole new podcast just for the Pretender. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> uh, but she's also been on Joey. <gasps> Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. <laughs> That's my uh, favorite, if you can't tell. Oh, yeah. She loves Jane the Virgin. Uh, but this is her only appearance in the franchise so far. And then we have Vaughn Armstrong as the Klingon captain, a.k.a. Admiral Maxwell Forrest, the guy that's been Archer's boss the whole time. <gasps> what? Was the Klingon captain. Yes, interesting yeah yeah and he's got quite a resume himself he's been on the 1978 uh wonder woman he was in alfred hitchcock presents he was on quantum leap with uh scott bacula he was also in seinfeld at briscoe county jr home improvement babylon 5 buffy west wing a couple power rangers series And he's actually been in a lot of Star Trek stuff. He's been in 18 episodes of Enterprise, but he's also appeared in Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and a whole bunch of Star Trek video games and shorts. Uh, Vaughn Armstrong is definitely a friend of the franchise. This episode was also directed by Les Landau. Uh, This is the first in the franchise and his last professional work. So well done. Thank you for your contributions, Les Lando. His TV credits include Beverly Hills 90210, Sequest DSV, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Did you ever watch Lois and Clark? Oh, yes. Did you have a thing for Dean Kang? Maybe a little. A little bit, really? Maybe a little bit. I had a thing for Terry Hatcher. All right. Yeah. Mantis. Did you ever watch Mantis? Mm, I don't know. It was really cool. Um, we'll have to we'll have to see if we can explore that one. Uh, Sliders, Jag, and Dark Angel. But here we come to the writer of this episode. Now we've spoken about Fred Decker before. 
and if you happen to listen to the other podcast that I'm on, Cinema Shock, you've heard us mention Fred Decker and his involvement in genre films uh, going back quite a few decades. But he is the writer of this episode, and the last episode that he wrote uh, was Season 1, Episode 7 of Enterprise called The Andorian Incident. He's got a lot of really great credits here, but the best thing, the most interesting thing that I found was that in September 1995... He wrote an unproduced screenplay for a feature-length adaptation of Hanna-Barbera's Johnny Quest. I feel like you're going to make me do something silly here. As a black luxury sedan squeals into view behind them, loaded with enemy agents, guns blazing. Mwah! Oh, my paint job. So who are your little friends, Race? Oh, I went too high. No, that was great. Okay. You want to take it again? So who are your little friends, Race? Those are both really good. Was it loud enough? Oh, yeah. Even for the car? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know, but they sure like to play rough. So next week on the show, <laughs> we're going to have back Mr. Miles Griffin, and we are going to be covering Enterprise Season 1, Episode 15, Shadows of Pajem, which, of course, is the sequel to The Andorian Incident, and that, of course, is available on Paramount+. Plus. Baby. Baby. Boobadoo. Hobbykins. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Do you want to tell folks where they can find you online? I'm at that.darn.cat on Instagram. With a K. With a K. Yes. <laughs> and I'm at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in 10 forward. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was done by Will Martin at heyitswill.seo on Instagram. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're gonna find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Da, 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 da. Hi, I'm Todd A. Davis from the Computer Resume Podcast. You know, we've had a lot of fun here tonight, but there's one thing that isn't fun taking off your EV suit in an unsecured alien vessel. If you or someone you know is thinking about taking off their EV suit on an unsecured alien vessel, tell them to stop and not to be a f <coughs> moron. Or tell your parents or teacher that if they're worth a damn, they'll stop that f <coughs> moron from being a f <coughs> moron. Got it?